even see it land. I didn't even know it hit the cafe there. Holy smokes, he did it! Off the Hit It Here Cafe! Welcome back to episode six of the Hit It Here podcast. Whether you're with us on YouTube or on Spotify, hey! Welcome back, and we're going to be posting at 9 from now on, just so you guys know. little scheduling note here, but hey, Bryce freaking Miller. Joe, you were at the game. Tell me about Bryce Miller. Oh, man, spoilers. You don't got to let people know I was at one of the best Mariners. It's the best Mariners starting pitcher debut. Maybe not the best, but see, he was setting record books tonight. 10 Ks, no walks, six innings, two hits, one run. Dude was electric out on the mound. He was tiptoeing across the chalk lines, you know, playing it safe. Don't want to get any bad juju out there. Bryce Miller, you know, he was shoving anywhere between 93.6 and like 96 point something. Dude was looking really good. Looked cool, calm, collected on the mound. Yes, it is the A's, but this A's lineup, definitely a little bit better than I think people are giving it credit for. It's the A's pitching staff that has been the big bugaboo for them all year. But Bryce Miller looks like he might be here to stay. Somebody made a video about that recently. That's crazy. Check it out. It's in the card above. Yeah, right, right, right above Colton's head. Now, along with the incredible win that the Mariners had against the Athletics in the first game of the series, I was very happy that my man Roman came up to me after the game and said, what's up? If you guys are a fan and see us at any of these games, don't be scared to come say hi. Might get a picture with us. Like this one with me and Roman. It's very exciting. You could tell how excited I am that this happened. Just please. It's so cool. It's so cool. Shout out my boy Roman. <laughs> so Bryce Miller looked really good. The offense didn't, but we're here to talk about Bryce Miller. We don't hey, need to talk about the offense right now. We can right? talk about Mason Miller because dude was just out there shoving 99 from the jump. He looked really yeah. good. He The Mariners worked a lot of deep counts on him. They drew three walks, but they didn't get a hit until he exited the game and they got their first hit in the eighth, which is an A.J. Pollock home run. But, yeah, he I think he ended at 102 pitches, and the balls to strikes, it was very close. It was like 48 strikes to 44 balls. He was working very deep counts so the Mariners were seeing a lot of pitches it's just they couldn't they couldn't break through well and with that being said obviously while you were at the game you couldn't tell but the umpire had some not great calls on Mason Miller there was one I remember specifically to Caballero where he like bent backwards in the batter's mm -hmm. box after the call and I was like yeah that was probably a ball but mm -hmm. you know what can you do yeah I think that if we're going back to Bryce Miller a little bit, of course it had to be Tony Kemp. You know what I mean? It's it always had Tony to be Kemp. Tony Kemp to break it up. It's just something about that guy versus the Mariners. You know, there there is no stopping him. He is a one man wrecking crew versus this team. And then a pass ball, Tony Kemp gets to second base, and then a double down the line, draws a run across. In the end, Bryce Miller looked fantastic out there, even if it was against a glorified high school team, which is known as the Oakland Athletics. They are now at what six and. 13 brother 14 no. 6 17 they're they're garbage they they have they have over 20 losses oh dixon 24 <laughs> i don't know oh. long story short they suck but the mariners were this close to being even worse and getting no hit by the oakland athletics until dick lovelady came in and gave up a bomb to aj pollock and then a clutch double from jared kalnick did you think that ball was getting out when he hit it I really did. It was it yeah. was hit kind of on a line, so it was going to take a little bit of lift to get out, but it was a frozen rope into that right field corner. He smoked that ball. I want to say, Love Lady, what a name. I saw it, and I'm like, are we in the 1400 Victorian era? Because what is going on? Lady Lovelace out here. I was 
this is this is a real person's name. And then Richard so- Love Lady. And then Somos Familia coming in. I like yeah. is this <laughs> forgot he existed. Are are we in the twenty fifteen World Series? What's going on here? <laughs> I was just at a loss. But yeah. yeah, that ball we I talked about it before we started recording. Kalanick had a ball that looked like he hit 120 miles an hour off the bat earlier in this game, then Mason Miller struck him out later in this at bat. But when he's making contact with the ball dude, it it's jumping off the bat. Yeah, and that I they I think the final exit velocity on that foul ball was like one thirteen. So you were you're not you're not far off. Yeah. And he hit that thing hard. And there I read a Ken Rosenthal article about um what Kelnick did in the offseason mm-hmm. working with Tim Laker and the guy that trained Tim Laker. And it was it was very interesting. I would highly recommend checking it out if you guys have a subscription to the athletic. Not hashtag not an ad, but if you guys have a subscription <laughs> to the athletic uh, go in there and check it out. Kelnick kind of talks about a lot of the things he did that makes a lot more sense and how he almost went with a regular bat this year instead of that like hockey puck one that he's been using. And I mean, I'm not going to go through and spoil the whole story for you. You got to go read it. But basically, Kelnick is a whole new guy this year, in my opinion. And we've seen that on the field. I mean, he's having fun, first of all. I mean, he's jumping around. He's enjoying his life. He, I don't know if you could tell from where you were sitting. But there was a fly ball out to center field that Dude. Kelnick had to come in for and catch. And it should have been Teo's ball the whole way, but no. Kelnick called him off. Bro, like... <laughs> it looked like Caballero was camped underneath that ball. Okay, he's backing up, backpedaling. Teo's maybe, you know, 20, 30 feet behind him, it looks like. And Jared is nowhere to be found, it looks like, in the play here. And then he just kicks on the afterburners like he's like the jetpack joyride kid, okay? And he just comes flying in and makes the play. And it's just like, where, what is, like, what was, they, either Teo or Cabby could have had that way easier, but here comes Jared. It was fine. Jared was screaming. Yeah. But the ball was tailing away from him. Sure. And that's why he had to turn on the afterburners, because all Mm -hmm. of a sudden the ball with the wind and tailing away, it was going this way and. Yeah. yeah, it was an interesting was play something. to say the least. I was kind of confused, but it's his outfield when he's in center field. So right, I still think Taylor Trammell should be in center field. But hey, who am I? You who know, are you? If, yeah, if you're, Jared wants to be in center field. You're just a guy in a chair right now. I'm a guy in a chair. You know, they're they're the professionals. I'm just a fat guy in a chair. So, anyways, Bryce Miller made his debut, but we have to talk about the move that brought Bryce Miller up. The official move. By golly, y'all. The king is dead. Tommy Lestella is gone. Joe, your thoughts on the move? I'm just going to keep clapping. I There's no other thing for me to do here other than clap. More the like it settles in, it really does feel as if that spot was a placeholder for guys to get healthy. And that's not something I necessarily thought about. Like I realized until the move happened. Had Lestella been hitting, probably doesn't get obviously DFA'd. But since he wasn't hitting, I don't know what their expectations were for him heading into this season and heading into, you know, throughout the first month of the season. If they expected him to hit more, which I'm sure they probably did having him be a part of the Major League roster, you know, then him subverting those expectations. This was now in my head just a placeholder spot until guys got healthy. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a fever dream. Like when you try to bring up random Mariners in like 10 years, Tommy Lestel will be one of them. Yes. Because he had such a small impact on the team itself but such a huge impact on the fan base it's kind of like the like steven Souza jr i would say similar yeah, similar similar like the guy like the guy who just 
didn't perform and you look at him and you just have a bad taste in your mouth and i'm sure tommy lasella is a great guy don't get me wrong he's probably not a meanie head like steven Souza jr but mm-hmm. he is the punching bag for the mariners fan base right now because of how poorly what he represents he represented the lack of movement that the Mariners front office made this offseason payroll twitter and, payroll twitter payroll twitter yeah <laughs> he, re- he 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 represents everything payroll twitter hated yeah and because of that he got the short end of the stick especially when he wasn't hitting and he wasn't healthy enough to play the field i mean that's just that's just the role that he played and i think it was interesting because obviously the mariners ended up designating diego castillo for assignment which they didn't have to do they could have just optioned him mm-hmm. but that would have kept him on the 40-man roster so they needed to open up a 40-man roster spot for bryce miller and to do that they dfa diego castillo but the interesting thing is they could have since we know robbie ray's out for the year they could have just put robbie ray on the 60-day il and that would have opened up a 40-man roster spot right then and there so i'm not exactly sure what went into it Mm -hmm. in the end and if i'm not mistaken no okay so yeah the 40-man should be full right now I think, even with the DFA of Listella, because they brought up Easton McGee. Mm-hmm. Was he, he might have already been on the 40-man. I don't know. I'm not sure. The 40-man might only be at 39 right now. But just the fact that they decided to DFA Diego instead of just option him, instead of just moving Robbie Ray to the 60-day IL, maybe I'm missing something, but that makes no sense to me. Do you have any thoughts on that? Let me count really quick. Hold on. The 40-man roster is at 40. <laughs> it is? Oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm looking through it. I don't know if there's someone you had in mind that wouldn't be on here, but I'm not fully sure if I'm being honest with you. Evan White is still... So I don't know how the injured list and the 40-man roster necessarily work, if I'm being transparent with you. Evan White is still listed here on the 40-man, even though he's on the 60-day IL. Oh, interesting. So I don't know. Maybe I haven't wrong then so i'm not fully sure for that as far as my thoughts with like diego getting dfa'd instead of optioned and needing that spot opened if the 68 day il thing isn't working how you're presenting i would have trusted you wholeheartedly and if that's not the case well whatever now we know why is because that's not how it works and they needed to dfa somebody short end i don't know short story like Bryce Miller shoved, and that's what matters to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, I mean, it, so long as he's the, pitching well, I don't care. End of the day, the Mariners made the roster move we've all been waiting for, which was getting rid of Tommy LaStella. There is, however, another roster move we've been waiting for, and that's bringing up Mike Ford. Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, Joe, what are the Mariners going to do? Who do they send down at this point if they bring up Mike Ford? The only player there, – there's, there's three players that I think – would go down in this situation. I'm going to list them in order of least likely to most likely, in my opinion. Least likely is Colton Wong. People are calling for Colton Wong's head for some reason on Twitter. I don't know why. Sure, he's not been great, but they're not going to DFA Colton Wong, a guy you traded a over 100 WRC plus OPS plus guy in Jesse Winker last year. Yeah, he's not been that good with the Brewers either, but you're not going to just DFA Colton Wong when you gave up Winker and then Toro for like, then there's no shot. Okay. They're going to let it ride out longer. You have something to say. Can I interrupt you? Yes. 
so I'm not going to say this person's name. And person, if you are watching this video, I love you. I just thought that your, your tweet was really stupid. But still. So, on Twitter, someone said, So I'm hoping it's either Lestella or Wong DFA'd today for the corresponding move of Bryce getting called up. Most realistically, it's Sam Haggerty getting optioned, but I think Wong DFA would send a strong message to the clubhouse. I also saw and this today, and this is why I thought about it. Oh, okay, okay. And then, um... I didn't look at any of the thread. I just saw this, and I was like, why? Could, but you can continue your thought. Well, okay, so that, I mean, I, I don't understand that, because then who plays second base, right? Jose Caballero? Yeah. Every day? Like, is that the plan hit there? Mm -hmm. And then... There was another there was another thing I saw on YouTube and I don't remember where I saw it, but somebody was saying that um the Mariners were they needed DFA Wong, he's bad, and he goes, They should have kept Frazier. The Mariners uh the Mariners front office, they're just too reactionary, they just do things too quickly. I'm like, You're contradicting yourself. Yeah, because, because DFA Wong as reactionary. Yes. Not so. giving him time to kind of settle in. And he's been better the last two weeks. Yeah. It's not great. It's not perfect. But neither was Adam Frazier from the majority of last year. Neither has, like, Caballero, yeah, he got a double today and he's been, but, like, he hasn't been that much better. He's at bats look more competitive, but the results still haven't fully come through. But the person, so Caballero would be my second guy that would get option there. The, the most likely for me has been Sam Haggerty. Haggerty has not looked as... As promised, I feel like, from what we've seen out of him as a spark plug in the past, I don't know if it's a change of role, a change of scenery for him, and, you know, with his outlook and expectations within the organization, he had two at-bats against the left-handed pitcher tonight, right? Or was it just one? I don't know. Regardless, hitless in his two ABs tonight. He's two for 24. Get him down to AAA, hitter-friendly area, get him some ABs. Get him in his groove so then later if you bring up Mike Ford and somehow his Space Jam magical powers go away and he only works in AAA, you can bring Haggerty back up and know that he might be in a better spot with himself mentally and at the plate. Because, yeah, if you bring up Mike Ford and he doesn't hit, all the Mariners are going to do is just DFA him and someone's going to go pick him up. And it's going to be this cyclical thing. And he'll be back on the Mariners by spring training next year. It's just how it's going to happen. So Wong, not going to happen. Caballero could happen if they still value Haggerty's outfield potential. But I would put Haggerty back down into the minors. Yeah, and I think in terms of his outfield potential, it's so greatly diminished now. Because at the moment, you have five outfielders on your roster. With Julio, Kelnick, Teoscar, Taylor Trammell, and AJ Pollock. Correct. No point. You don't You don't need Sam Haggerty right now. You have four guys, including one of them being a DH. And then you have a backup if someone gets hurt or you need to sub somebody out. Mm -hmm. Sam Haggerty, I mean, I, I love Sam Haggerty. I do. Not as much as YouTube comments, apparently. But... I just don't see a spot for him on this roster right now, especially if he's not performing. And he's he's a guy off the bench that you can put in to steal a bag once in a while. But Jose Caballero's done that, and he looks better at the plate than Sam Haggerty. So yeah. Sam Haggerty still has two minor league options. Send him down. Let him get his head straight. Let him play every day to get his back going. I mean, coming off of a big injury like he had, 
he hasn't been able to play as much as I'm sure he had wanted to. So if he can go down, get some at-bats under his belt and start to feel like himself at the plate, I think Sam Haggerty can come back up in a month or two and be a little spark plug that the Mariners need. Yeah. But he's not that guy right now. That's the thing, too, that you bring up, which is a good point, how crowded the outfield is this year compared to last year. Last year was just riddled with injuries and underperforming. So Kalnick now great this year. Taylor Trammell, we're kind of still figuring out where he's at. You know, he hit a grand slam, but he hasn't done much. He made some good plays in the outfield defensively, but, you know, I see him being a bit more valuable than Haggerty there. Last year, Mitch was hurt, but now we've got Teo out there who's been healthy. He's had a bad night tonight, but, you know, he's had his big moments. Obviously, Julio, he's still struggling with his back a little bit right now, but when you mention you've got four other guys right now that can play the outfield and they all played tonight with Pollock at DH. Haggerty doesn't really have that spot right now. Should we be worried about Julio's back? No. Yes. I mean, any nagging injury. Yes, but I'm not presently. I think we, yeah. I mean, we talked about it when we streamed last time. Make sure you guys are subscribed and turn on post notifications. Get notified when we go live and talk after post games. By the way, how you mentioned that he shouldn't even play this series against the A's. Mm -hmm. It's a, a team that is six and twenty-four after tonight's loss. You hope that the rest of your lineup can pick up Julio so he can get extra days off and be ready for when the big guys come to town, Houston Astros. France, you know, he didn't he went hitless tonight, but he had a ball that was poked down the line in right field that looked like it was gonna be a hit for a bit, but just hung up too long. He was kind of he was a little frustrated with himself, I think. And his at bat, and I think the sixth, maybe later, he slammed his bat down after you know lazy fly ball to right again. So France gets moved down. Don't be surprised, but I think getting Julio some time off, getting his back straight, doesn't have like polio or scoliosis, whatever. Got to make sure it's straight. <laughs> anyways, <clears throat> anyways. Make sure it's ready for Houston because that's that's the bigger series. Right. And this is a series, I mean, of all the games that you would have been like, eh, we'll see if the Mariners can win it. Today was the day. Or I'm sorry. Well, when you're watching this, yesterday was the day where you're like, who knows what we're going to get out of Bryce Miller. But now you have Logan Gilbert and George Kirby going up against the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, it's, Gil it's, two more games. it's Kirby tomorrow, right? I think it's Gilbert. Is on it? Oh, okay. Yeah. I think because Gilbert just got moved back one day. Right, right, so, right. right. It should be Gilbert and then um, Kirby. Those are uh, those are both games you should win. Mm -hmm. Like ten times out of ten, the Mariners. I mean, if they sweep this series, as much as as hard as it's to believe, they come home with a winning road trip. It's very hard to believe that, but it's true. If they, they if they sweep this series, then they come home with a with a winning road trip. They're I think a game under five hundred, facing you know their biggest division rivals with Luis Castillo on the mound on Friday. Yeah. So. It's it's they're in a good spot right now, especially I think they still should give Julio the next two days off. But if if you're going to go in and play the Oakland Athletics the next two days, it needs to not be as close as it was on Tuesday. That's night. the thing, too, right? You should not be expecting to go hitless for seven innings against J.P. Sears and whoever hell else the Athletics are going to throw out against you. This seven inning shove by Mason Miller props to you, right? Like mm -hmm. great, great stuff. That's not going to happen three games in a row against the Oakland Athletics, right? 
I think, you know, you, you need Gino to pick back up. You need Teo to not swing at sliders. Cal had two walks tonight, but doesn't really get much to show for it. Jared obviously had a great night. So you got production out of places with Pollock and Jared, but you're going to get more than that in a three-game set. Fingers crossed against the Oakland Athletics. You can afford to give Julio another couple days off. Yeah, and I agree with that. And I think that Mason Miller, I mean, he was just that good. He was just that good today. And the stuff was on, yeah. How god-awful the Mariners' offense has been during this road trip, I think that if there was ever a time to get it going, right tomorrow, or I guess Wednesday, is the day against J.P. Sears, former Mariner, by the way. I mean, Sears is a lefty. So you'll probably have your right-handed heavy lineup in there. I would expect Caballero to get the start again at second base. Cal's going to get a day off for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Cal will get the day off. Uh, AJ Pollock should be back in there. We'll see Tom. You're you're probably going to see the same exact lineup, except you'll probably get Haggerty starting out there. Probably one more chance for him instead of Trammell would be my guess. And then Trammell would substitute later how they did tonight for Haggerty for Tremont when the lefty came in. That would be my mm-hmm. guess as far as the lineup for today's game against JP Sears. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, by the time you guys are watching this, you may already know the lineup. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But I would agree with that. I think Hags probably gets to start in that game. Just, I mean, anything to get him going right now. And honestly, anything to get this Mariners offense going because it's been pitiful yeah. so far. But of course, the big story was Bryce Miller and he's going to be getting the start again against the Houston Astros, going from one side of the coin to the other, from the Oakland Athletics to the Houston Astros on Sunday. That scares me. But Joe, what do you think about Bryce Miller versus the Houston Astros? I, you know, if anyone's going to be able to nut up or shut up, if you will, I feel like Bryce Miller might have that kind of the gumption behind him, have that mustard where he he's just got he's just got it. Right, he might have that dog in him, if you will. I feel like our young guys are very fearless in that way. They might go out and get like I think Gilbert has had bad run-ins with the Astros early on, but I don't think they're they're not scared, which is amazing that teams aren't fearful of reigning world champs. But I don't know. George Kirby showed it in you know our final game of the postseason last year shutting down the Astros for seven innings straight. Gilbert had a great start against the Astros in the postseason as well. So I think Miller is going to take in a lot from them too specifically and kind of like, how do I like navigate this line? Just go out there and throw your best stuff. You might, you know, get knocked around here every once in a while, but like, you know, trust the defense behind you. He didn't have to do that a whole lot tonight. I think that could be a bit different of a play, whether or not he's pitching to more contact or if he's still working the incredible chase and whiff percentage that he had going. If he if he does get hit around, I'm not worried about it, is what I'm trying to say as well. Like it's the Astros. You're you're it's it's gonna happen once every once in a while, you know? Yeah. And I mean, against the Astros, we're not gonna see Jose Arquiti. We're probably not gonna see Luis Garcia. He yeah, he left yesterday's or two days ago. Like the first inning, right? Or first batter? Yeah, with elbow inflammation, I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. So I'm not exactly sure what their rotation is going to look like for that weekend series. But I know I mean, Brown pitched today. Okay, so they miss Brown. No, we'll probably no, see Brown. they'll see him Sunday. Mm-hmm. Probably see him in the yeah. final game. It'll probably be so, Brown versus Miller, which is two young, you know, two rookies going after just it. Like, just like Miller's debut. Yeah, mm-hmm. so 
I'm not sure what their pitching staff is going to look like over the weekend. I'm sure we'll get a little more clarity. Of course, they still have Christian Javier. I'm sure they'll see him at some point. Framber. Um, Framber, yeah. So maybe it'll be some combination of Framber, Javier, and uh, Brown. Who knows? But I think if you're the Mariners, you have to like that. You have to, I mean, at least with, with the Mariners, with the Mariners hitters right now, I guess you probably don't like anything <laughs> unless like, I don't know. Unless in the next couple of days we just start getting hot, which unless Cole Irvin's on the mound, yeah, then our like our, our buddy Cole Irvin, <laughs> fan favorite. And speaking of fan favorites, have you guys heard of Foco? That's right, Foco. They sent us these cool bobbleheads, and now they have the floral pattern shirts and shorts out. Make sure to go check that out and use code MariderMojo10 at checkout for ten percent off your order. Joe has a graphic on the screen now. It looks incredible. Make sure to grab some of that at Foco. And Julio's big bobble. Pick up the big bobble, dude. He's got a big head for a bot. Like, come on. It's like the perfect bobble. Just, you know, just bobble around. Big head. Now, with Miller obviously getting the call to the bigs, congratulations to him again. Kind of left Colton and I thinking about where, where are the minor league teams here for the Mariners? What are they looking like? Where are some standout guys elsewhere that may be developing a little bit faster than we anticipated or something like that? I know Cole Young's been tearing it up. But Colton, you've got a guy that you want to talk about. Yeah, and I have to give a shout out to our member of the Majovians accent for sending me a list of a lot of the minor league guys. Just who's kind of performing right now. And the first one I want to talk about is Jonathan Classe. He's 20 years old down in high A. Let's take a look at his numbers really quick. So in 20 games, Jonathan Classe is hitting 337, 455, 723. He has 28 hits, 9 doubles, a triple, 7 home runs, 17 RBI, 17 walks. 27 Ks. And he has 16 stolen bases in 20 games. Jonathan Class A is probably one of the fastest guys in the Mariners system and a guy who will, in my opinion, skyrocket through the ranks over the next few years. The fact that he's only 20 really blows my mind. I feel like he has been around forever mm -hmm. at this point. And he was a guy that was drafted out of the international draft class a little bit after Julio, if I remember correctly, like a two or three years later, and someone who was kind of talked about in the same vein for a little bit in the minor leagues before obviously Julio kind of took off. I think that Jonathan Classe, give it three or four more years, we could be seeing him in the major leagues. Where would you feel that he slots into? Is he center or is he right? Because Julio, you know, he was grading out as a corner outfielder when he was coming up through the minor league. But Class A seems like he's a more traditional center fielder where he's got that speed, a little bit more compact in size. Would Julio then kind of move into a right field spot? Or maybe if Kalnick sticks in right versus left, where, where do you kind of see Class A fitting into the outfield? I mean, I think it's Julio's job to lose. I think Julio stays in center. I mean, it's it's, it's his outfield. So okay. I think that Class A, if, if and when he comes up, Unless Julio's really struggling, then of course it's a different story. But if Julio kind of produces at the same clip he has been, I would put him in a corner spot just to see how he looks out there. Maybe switch him around. I mean, Class A is fast for sure, but he still has so many years that he needs to develop. And I think that he's added quite a bit of muscle over the past few years, as evidenced by his seven home runs. He never struck me as a guy who was a was a big power guy. He always struck me as a gap guy, hitting doubles, triples, stealing bags. But it kind of seems like over the past six to eight months he's become a true five tool player jonathan class a is really someone to look out for i would not be shocked to see him with the arkansas travelers in the next like month or two just 
aggressively bring him up just for fun and just see what he can give that Travelers team because he's tearing it up down at high A. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been getting a lot of love as well across just socials. Mariners player development had him as the offensive, like the player of the month. There's pitcher and player of the month for Mariners player development there, and he took home that crown. Brian Wu gets the nod for pitcher of the month and double A for the Travelers. He's been doing really well. A guy that is not named Brian Wu that we need to talk about, though, is Riley O'Brien. Another guy that Accent, shout out Accent, just it absolutely incredible, just infatuated with. You know what I mean? Like, he's just, he's all over it. So, Colton, where, where is Riley O'Brien at right now? Riley O'Brien is down in AAA for the Tacoma Rainiers, and he's looked really good down there. So, Riley O'Brien has pitched in eight games thus far, three of which he started, but it looks like they're kind of going to transition him to a reliever, which is more what we saw out of him in spring training which is interesting they've kind of been going back and forth he has a, he has a 0.79 era a 1.24 whip in just 11 innings pitch he's given up six hits one earned run eight walks but 18 strikeouts joe what do you think about riley o'brien it seems like if one of our bullpen pieces kind of goes by the wayside if you know there's an injury that takes place knock on wood or someone falls off the table after you know their incredible first months Riley O'Brien seems like a guy that we could call upon. His control looks like the biggest issue there. Eight walks in eight games, you know, eight appearances. His whip, that's a big difference in his whip compared to his ERA. Like how low his ERA is compared to the whip there. It looks like, you know, he could fit. It's a triple A, so it's, he's pitching in the PCL, which is having an ERA below one in the PCL. He should be, he should have been named Mariners pitcher of the month, in my opinion. <laughs> With, with those stats but i don't know it, it's one of those ones where there's not a spot for him right now but i could see there being one on a, like a case-by-case -case basis right yeah and i think i mean bullpens are so fickle you could have a guy go down with injury I mean, none of us expected to lose munoz so early in the season yeah but i mean that could happen at any time again maybe it's taylor saucedo that the mayors want to send down because i mean has he been used seen how many times have we seen Taylor Saucedo pitch now? I'm, being, I'm gonna be I honest think, with you. Every single time you bring up his name, I forget that he's on the team. Yeah, I think he's pitched at a time since mm -hmm. he's been with the team. That's it. So I don't know necessarily what his purpose is right now, but yeah, I I feel like he's just a placeholder until Munoz comes back. Easy For guy sure. to just you know get rid of and have Munoz slot back in. But mm -hmm. let's say Munoz is out for a little bit longer. I'm not really sure his timeline right now, actually. I, I want to say that there was hope that he would be ready for this series in Oakland. Oh, really? Yes. Mm, so maybe the Astros series. Maybe he's just vibing out in Seattle. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. Yep. That'd be nice. That'd be nice to get him back for the, uh, for the Astros series. So yes. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where Riley O'Brien fits in, but I wasn't sure where... Gabe Spire fit in. I wasn't sure where Justin Tope would fit in. Trevor mm -hmm. got all these guys. So I think it's easy to find a, a situation, find yourself in a situation where Riley O'Brien is all of a sudden on the major league club. And there's, I mean, there was the revolving door of relievers when we had those extra inning games. So as we get to later in the months where pitchers might be experiencing some sort of fatigue or just little nagging injuries that put them on the 15 day IL, Riley O'Brien could be a name that gets called up with like, in likeness to a J.B. Bukowskis where it gets called up for a game and kind of see what he's made of. Hopefully it would go better than Bukowskis, his, you know, his, 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 his appearance went. But only time will tell with how the 
you know, bullpen and rotation, everything pans out. But again, thank you guys for listening and watching the Hit It Here podcast, episode six. We're getting close to that 10 mark there. Colty, how are you feeling about the podcast? I think it's time to end this episode. Sounds great to me. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.